0: When I decided to become an entrepreneur, it was a really interesting process for me because what I knew was that I didn't have success at the level that I'd seen so many entrepreneurial leaders. So I didn't have a million dollars to borrow from my dad. Uh, I didn't have education to lean on. I didn't have any of the things that I'd seen other entrepreneurs say really worked for them. So for me, I felt very challenged, like, well, what what is it that I'm supposed to do in order to create success for myself? So I decided to start reading. And you know, when you embark on something new, you say, I'm gonna read everything about it. And the story that you tell yourself is, if I read about it, then I feel like I did it. Like, that's the win. So I read this quote that I'm sure was meant to inspire me But instead, it really deflated me. And I'm gonna tell you what it was. The quote said that 15% of our success is based on four things, skill, knowledge, talent, education. And that 85% of our success was based on who we be. Well, I thought to myself, this is a problem. Because skill, I didn't really feel skilled as an entrepreneurial leader. Knowledge, I'd never done that before. I didn't even know how to spell entrepreneur. Does the U go before the E, does the I was very confused about that. And I was confused every time I wrote it. Okay, talent, I felt very talented. I could do fake tap dancing very well. I felt very talented, but education, I dropped out of high school when I was 15. And I thought, this is the small number. This is the 15%. So then 85% was based on who i be. So I said, well, let's start going down my register of who I am and what shaped me and my identity and my person. Let's just start getting clear about that. So I remember being four years old. And my cousin introduced me to this glorious, magical new word. And I couldn't wait to use it. I knew even at four what it meant to land a line. So I waited and I waited until my grandfather picked me up from preschool. So my grandfather comes to pick me up. Now you have to understand, my grandfather was not just any grandfather. He was the grandfather of all grandfathers. He was huge and dark skinned. And when he would pick me up, I felt like I was in the safest place in the entire world. So all I ever wanted to do was make my big daddy happy. So my grandfather picks me up. I grab my shoes to put them on. I grab my bag and I'm ready to land this line and showcase this new word. My teachers are standing there. And so my grandfather, again, safest place in the entire world, a minister in our community, a quartet singer, I mean, Listen, we were the quintessential African-American Christian family. And I turn at four years old and wave to my teachers, and I say, bye, you witches. But I didn't use the W. I used a B. And I learned in that moment that my word was a bit disruptive. So when I got home and I had the talking to from my grandfather, then my grandmother, then my mother, then my aunt, then it rippled through all the other cousins, and I got a lesson. And the lesson that I got for myself wasn't about choose new vocabulary, it was shut up. Don't talk. Sure, it wasn't the intention, but it was the lesson that I took away as a four-year-old little girl. So then I'm thinking to myself, well, this is, you know, really interesting. Well, I go on through school, and every time I'm at school, I'm sitting at the front, I'm raising my hand, I'm super excited. And the teacher tells me one day, "Allison, you need to let other people talk in class. You're not the only one with the answer. Well, that's rude. And I thought, if they have something to say, why don't they say it? And what she said was, you need to let other people speak. The lesson that I took away was, their light matters more than mine. Sure, she didn't mean it that way. But now I'm a little girl that has learned, shut up. Don't talk move out of the way for others. So my identity is being formed in this. And here I am reading this quote that says, 15% of my success, skill, knowledge, talent, education, I already have demerits. And now the next part of the story is, 85% is based on who you be, and it's obvious that who I be is unacceptable to success. That based on what success is, I'm not winning. Well, then I start dating a young man, and I fell in love. I thought he was incredible. And one day he said words that were magical to me. He said, one day, Allison, I'll marry you. <sighs> Total acceptance. And then he said, but you just need to know I'll cheat on you because you're fat. And he said the words so nonchalantly that I said, "Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I think you put the wrong string of words together. He says, yeah, I'll marry you. You're wonderful to marry but I'll cheat on you because you're fat. So the lesson that I took from that is you're you're not worthy. You're not beautiful. So now this is in my makeup of who I am in the world. And I thought to myself, how could someone say that to me? How could someone fix their lips to say that to me? But then I remembered that I was 12 years old and my father called me. He said, hey, baby girl. And I said, hey. And we talked and we laughed. And he said, I'll call you back. And I said, okay, can't wait. That was in the summer. Christmas, no call. 13 year old birthday, no call. 16, surely he's going to call me, no call. 18, 18 is when he's going to call. 18 is when it's going to happen, no call. 21, that's monumental for a young woman. He's going to call me. 30, I'm entering a new decade. He's going to find me. He's going to call me. He's going to tell me he's so proud of what I've done and what I've created and who I am, no call. So when I thought to myself, how could this young man say, I'll marry you, but I thought, oh, wait a minute, you're leavable. You're unnecessary. This is why he also understands you to be unworthy and not beautiful. This makes sense. This is who you are. So now fast forward, I'm reading that the definition of success is made up on who I be, and who I be is this story of number one, you disrupt inappropriately, Allison. You're not a good girl. Only good girls win. Now the story that I'm living is, (laughs) you need to let other people go. You're in the way, move back. Your light's too bright, doesn't give room for others. Now the story that I'm living is not beautiful, not worthy, leaveable, and I'm trying to create success. And it says that the definition is made up on what I've lived up to this point. I am doomed to fail. My heart palpitated. And I thought, what do I do? Because I I thought I heard a whisper in myself that said I, I could be great. I read this word, sure, I don't know if the U goes before the E or not, but I thought I could be this person that could make a difference. And now it's saying that I can't. And so I'm reading through personal development, book after book after book, quote after quote after quote, and I stumbled on one that redeemed me and reconciled me to truth. And it said, it is not your shadow that scares you, but it is your light. The quote went on to say, and I paraphrase that there's so much more for you to bring and that the biggest joy you will experience is when you bring your authenticity to the table. And I thought, authenticity, wait a minute, I've been conditioned and groomed for conformity, for sameness. I mean, I felt the boil of being red hot, but yet it seemed the only way I would be accepted was if I was beige. I wanted to add to the culture, but I kept hearing, what if you just fit in? Stand in line, alphabetical order, that's the best way for you to be. That works for everyone. But I didn't wanna do what worked. I wanted to be bold and bright and self-expressed and demonstrative. I wanted to be myself, but that wasn't the label of success that I had seen. The success that I'd seen was mirror what you already see in the world. And the more you do that, the more likable you are, the more tolerable you are, the more received you will be, and the more you'll experience the illusion of love. I didn't want that anymore. So I decided that I would pick up the pen And I would begin to redefine. Lesson one. I'll never forget the chastisement. My grandfather, whom I never wanted to fail. I remember his finger. My grandmother, who I never wanted to disappoint. I remember her finger. And I remember the lesson that I took away. Don't talk. I rewrote that, use your words, tell your truth. Lesson number two, move to the back. I remember my teacher, her finger, I can still smell the mix of coffee and cigarettes on her breath. as she wagged her finger, dim your light. I rewrote that. Stand in the sun. Be in the certainty of your purpose and the necessity of who you are. Lesson number three, I'll marry you, but I'll cheat on you because you're fat picked up my pen. You're beautiful. You're glowing. You're curvy. You're unique. You're sexy. You're sophisticated. You're caramel colored. You're lovely. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Next lesson. I'll call you back. But the call never happens. You're leaveable. You're unlovable. I picked up the pen. You are an unrepeatable miracle. And there's no one like you. And just because someone doesn't have the power within themselves to acknowledge it, doesn't mean you can't stand in the mirror and acknowledge it for yourself. Maya Angelou wrote these words. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. She goes on deeper in the poem to say, but still like dust what I will rise what I realize is that our circumstances weave bitter, twisted lies. They don't mean to, but they do. It's up to us to redefine success, truth, love, ownership, authenticity, and our own personal power for ourselves. Thank you.